Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And we are back on the Believe in the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Golden at JetsXFactor.com. As always, I got former Jet running back Lamont Jordan here with me. And of course, thank you to BetOnline.ag for sponsoring. As always, for anyone wondering, basketball season is back and BetOnline is the number one source for your sports betting needs. They always got the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends, everything else you could possibly need. And whether it's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, you name it, BetOnline has everything that you could possibly hope for when it comes to sports betting. Head on to BetOnline.ag. Once you join, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus with the code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. Make sure you plug in that promo code bet online where the game starts. Lamont, we got a lot to talk about. The Jets had a bye week this past week, so no game for us to review. No anxiety to worry about winning or any other possibilities of going wrong with the Jets. Very nice to have a week where we can kind of reset, not have to be too hyper focused on this team, although it's been a very fun season and we're looking forward to some wins. Coming up this week is a big one, though. The New England Patriots are on the schedule. The Jets are heading to New England. And after the Buffalo Bills lost to the Minnesota Vikings, if the Jets beat the Patriots this week, they will be in sole possession of first place in the AFC East looking for that playoff push. I don't think any, either of us or even the most optimistic Jets fan possible would have anticipated a possible first place in the AFC East in week 12. I think that's insane. And I just think we should start by realizing the situation the Jets have after the bye, six and three playoffs very much in play if not expected this has been a, a pretty incredible season so far at about halfway through i don't know about you but this has exceeded even my wildest expectations yeah drew hey man this has been a, a really exciting season man you said it um definitely needed the bye week you know coming into the season um i think the most surprising thing up until this point is that they beat the buffalo bills i definitely didn't think that we would beat the bills the first game um you know, we talked about it. You know, I thought we was we would split with the Patriots, possibly. I thought we would sweep the Dolphins. Um, but all in all, Coach Salas just done a great job of getting this team. And we've said it all the time last year. We're going to continue to say it. He just does a great job of getting his teams to buy in. This team continues to show you that, hey, when you come and you're playing the New York Jets, it doesn't matter if, if they're at home or if they're away. These guys are going to play for four quarters or they're going to play for an entire overtime and it's got to be exciting, man. I'm so geeked just as a former Jets player, and I'm geeked for the Jets fans to even be in this situation where it's like, you know, we have to make it to the playoffs, and we just got to finish this thing off for the remainder of the season, and it starts this week against the New England Patriots. Yeah, it absolutely does. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best and you got to win in your own division. And the Jets have struggled mightily winning in their division for years before this season. So far, I believe they are two and one uh, against the AFC East so far. They beat the Bills, they beat the Dolphins and they lost to the Patriots. They were over. I, I think they hadn't won a division game in like two or three years period what regardless of the opponent before that this will be 13 losses in a row to the patriots hopefully a, a stop will a, that'll come to a stop this weekend when the jets take on new england but it's it's incredible to think that they really are six and three that 
there have been times when they've been the number two seed in the entire AFC, and they're right on the doorstep. You know, this was for a lot of people. I was expecting a, a, a not a rebuilding year, but a building up year where you have so much youth, you have so many new pieces, second year for the coaching staff, uh, and you get these guys in. And like you said, Coach Sala's done such a good job of getting everybody to buy in and everybody to put in their best effort. And, and they're ahead of schedule. They're they're competitive now. They're ready to go for the future and for the present. And I think when you're looking at this game coming up, where we'll we'll get right into it, talking about this game against the Patriots, you have a team that you just lost to, that you lost in a very, very close game with a couple of things that go a different way and maybe some some referees call things a little bit differently. And you've probably beat the Patriots in that game. You the week next week, you get downtrodden. You're thinking the sky might be falling, and the Jets find a way to come out and beat the Buffalo Bills and set themselves right back up in position before the bye. Looking at this game against New England with an opponent that you just faced recently, with an opponent that knows you very well, it's the most important thing for me. It's it's going to be obvious, and it might not even be worth saying, but Zach Wilson's got to avoid the turnovers. And I feel like that was the main problem against the Patriots, was risky play. He had a career high in passing yards in that game, and if it wasn't for a handful of dumb interceptions, you know, it might have been a really celebrated day. Starting off offensively, I think you can, you know, talk about pass protection. You can talk about the run game. You can talk about, you know, everything else you want to talk about. I think it starts and ends with Zach Wilson's ability to avoid turnovers. And like we always say on the show, Lamont, you win the turnover battle and you win two or the three matchups, offense, defense, special teams, and you win on third down, you're probably going to win the game. For me, it starts with eliminating stupid turnovers and trusting Zach Wilson like he did against Buffalo. Get the ball out quick, make right decisions. Be smart with the ball. Don't make any stupid, absolutely asinine mistakes like you had against New England. Keep the chains moving, and the Jets offense should be able to move the ball pretty well. Um, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. We definitely have to protect the ball. Um, I mean, that's really what this game comes down to. When you look at these two teams offensively, um, we're 22nd in giveaways with 13 total giveaways. Um, and And – the Patriots are 29th with 17 total giveaways. Um, that's really what it comes down to. Which of these quarterbacks is going to be able to take care of the ball? And we're not just talking about throwing the ball with interceptions. We're also talking about being under pressure. Are they able to hold on to the ball um, and avoid the, 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 the strip sack? Um, when you look at from a defensive standpoint, uh, the Jets are eighth in takeaways with 14 total um, takeaways, and the Patriots are fourth in takeaways with 17 total takeaways. When you look at this game, Drew, these teams, when you look at them from a statistical from a statistical standpoint, they are pretty much close in every single category, whether it's offensive rushing, whether it's defensive rushing, it does not matter. This game is going to come down to, like, like you said, turnovers. And when I'm thinking about the offensive side of the ball, my number one point is we have to be efficient. We have to be efficient. Two teams coming off of a bye week, I'm always going to favor Bill Belichick in that situation because he's earned it. And if you're a player in that Jets locker room, you know that, okay, the Buffalo Bill game, we came out thinking that, hey, okay, we're going to see how serious this team is. You go out there and you get a victory. If you want to show that you're taking this thing to the next step, you have to go out here and get this win against the New England Patriots on the road. And I think it starts with offensively, you have to be efficient. 
This cannot be one of those games where you don't allow any type of support on your defense and you're putting it on your defense and special teams to do everything. I'm going to tell you this right now. Bill Belichick, after a bye week, uh, a divisional opponent, and this is a critical game where you're talking about the difference between first and third or possibly first and last place in the division. That New England Patriots team is going to come out. And offensively, we have to be efficient. And I think it starts out with protecting and defending against line stunts and line twists. This is a banged up offensive line. We know that. There's one thing Coach Belichick is going to do against a young offensive line or a banged up offensive line is he's going to bring pressure. He's going to bring different types of twists, and he's going to try to force your quarterback and confuse your quarterback on the back end. So it starts with us being able to defend these line stunts and twists. Yeah, I agree. It's absolutely going to start up front and knowing Belichick and knowing the type of guy that he is, he's going to key in on the weak link in that offensive line, whoever he decides that it's might that it might be, and he's going to attack them. He's going to make their life hell for for 60 whole minutes and not let up. So you're right. I think communication is key. You had another week, you know, starting the same uh, same five up front. I don't think that's going to change this week. It seems like all the same guys are going to be in place. That doesn't seem like Fant or Max Mitchell. I think Max Mitchell actually practiced today, which is really good to hear, uh, but they don't think that he's going to be quite ready to jump back into action yet. So you're going to get the five of Dwayne Brown, Lakin Tomlinson, Connor McGovern, Nate Herbig, and Cedric Wehe once again. And communication is absolutely paramount. You have to be aware for those stunts first and foremost. You have to be able to call them out and pass them off. And if Zach Wilson's got a bunch of free rushers coming at him, then that's just going to spell disaster. Uh, it's going to make him uncomfortable. It's going to make him not trust what he has in front of him. And when Zach Wilson doesn't trust his pass protection, that's when you get bad Zach Wilson. That's when things start to spiral out of control. So it's, I agree, stunts and twists up front. And this is going to be kind of a, a side point that I'm going to uh, throw in there. Chip Matt Judon basically every time you get an opportunity to. Do not let that one guy on their uh, pass rush take over the game. Do not give any opportunities as much as you can hope to avoid one-on-ones, avoid putting a boy he on an island without any help whatsoever. Keep an eye on where Judon is and, and make sure that he doesn't wreck the game. If you got to bring in some chip protection, if you got to keep a running back in to block and have him help too, do whatever you can. That's just, you cannot let the Patriots pass rush take this game over because I think it's it's a possibility that they could. And if that happens, I don't think there's any way the Jets will be able to come back and win. You have to stop the rush. You have to be aware of the line stunts and you got to know where Matt Judon is on every snap. I agree with you. I, I agree with you on that. The, the thing about this game, um, with these teams being so similar uh, from an offensive standpoint, uh, we have to be able to run the ball up inside. I don't think that we're going to be able to get tall sweeps until we show that we can run the ball up inside. And I also think that this will be a good week to go with some design Zach uh, Wilson runs, um, especially if we, if we line up in that trips alignment, the Patriots are going to play the toss because that's what we've dominated teams for the last few weeks is our best run play has been the toss play. Um, if we can get some type of inside runs, if we can get some design Zach Wilson runs, and I said this before, I can't remember if it was the Patriots game or the Buffalo Bills game, I would love to see them come out in no huddle. I really think it's going to benefit the uh, offensive line by coming out in no huddle because it limits the things that the Patriots are going to do. It's very simple. If the Patriots are going to bring pressure in no huddle, they're going to show it. They're going to show it. But if you continue to get into the huddle 
and you allow them to go through whatever defensive game plan they've come up with for the Jets offense this week, if you allow them to work the time and we're working the clock and we're allowing Belichick and that defense to come up with different schemes and settle in those schemes, it's going to make life really hard for the offense. Um, with that said, we got to take our shots early. In order to get the run game going, I really think that we have to take our shots early. And listen, the one thing I know about Coach Belichick's defenses is when you have fast running backs, his linebackers just aren't able to keep up with your running backs in the passing game. Mm -hmm. What they're going to do is they're going to bring that safety down and check that back. This perhaps They're going to show you a cover two look, then they're going to drop that safety down, buzz the safety over to the middle of the field, and give you some type of man-to-man -man or cover three look. With that said, we have to beat them deep down the field. We have to take advantage of our opportunities down the field. Don't force it. We don't want to force it, but I do think that we have to go with some no huddle, take some shots down the field, and that's going to be the best way for us to be efficient. We cannot allow the Patriots to settle into their defensive game plan. I think the only way that we get them out of that is to go with hurry up. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Uh, I think it was when we were talking about the Patriots game last time, you had mentioned the idea of hurry up. And I don't think we saw much of it in the actual Patriots game, but I think that this week uh, would be the perfect time to bring it out again. You got to keep that defense guessing. You got to get them unable to set up all of their disguises and all of the weird blitzes that they want to call. If you just give them all the time in the world to get aligned, then that's what's going to happen. When teams get caught, defenses get caught in no huddle, they go simple they don't get as technical because they don't have the time to make sure everyone's on the same page. And it makes it easier on your offense because you're not seeing as much complexity from the defensive side. So I'm right there with you. I agree. You got to take your shots early. You cannot just play scared. Like we said, the first time you got to be willing to show Belichick that you can, that you're not scared of him, that you trust your receivers, that they can get open deep. that They're not just going to be able to sit and press man and live on that for the entire game and squat everything down. It's just not going to be, it's not going to be good for the Jets if they cannot get some shots deep. And I agree, you got to be uh, willing to do that. One thing I want to toss in your direction as a running back, especially because I'm sure you'll have some some knowledge here. I think this would be a really good game. And we saw it at the end of the, the Bills game when it really counted. I think this would be a really good game to start putting in some power and some counter concepts and not just stick with the classic zone run scheme that the Jets like to do. On the last game, uh, the last drive of the game against Buffalo, the Jets are backed up near their own end zone. I think it started at the five-yard line, and they were able to drive all the way down the length of the field, kick a field goal to go up three uh, with a little bit of time left, and that's when the defense came out and finished the job off. They had a uh, play in that game. They ran a, a guard tackle counter, a GT counter, and it was the first three plays they called on that drive. They called it three times in a row, and it got like 35 yards. And I want to see more of that. I want to see some more power concepts. I want to see some more guys pulling inside. And instead of just when the Jets try their inside run game, it's either an inside zone or a split zone inside. I, I don't think they've, they've done a very good job at it all year. I don't think it's something that they've had much success with at all, trying to run zone inside. I want to see some more power. I want to see some guys 
kicking down. I want to see some some Blake and Tomlinson pulling around and getting up to a linebacker. And let's let James Robinson get under his pads, get some get some momentum going downhill, and, and let's not try and just win to the edges with this run game. I th- really think if you mix up how you do it, I think schematically that there's some advantages to be taken, and they could get some big chunks inside. If you can run uh, running the same play three times in a row against the Buffalo defense and having it work, that gave me some confidence. I think this can be another week where we see some similar things i i would say this the patriots are going to be prepared for that whatever whatever the jets did well last week and throughout the course of the season the patriots are going to be prepared to stop that it's just the nature of how bill belichick is whatever you do offensively whatever you show that you do well and you come back to it he's going to do everything in his power to stop that so i agree with you to add in some power some counters i also think that you just need to add something else This is not a game that I think that you can get cute from an offensive standpoint. First and foremost, we showed that we can be a college-style offense if we need to be with the read screens, the bubble screens, the jet sweeps with the wide receiver motion, things of that nature. And we've also shown that the the strength of what we do running-wise is running sideways. So the Patriots are going to come into this game um expecting they're going to come into this game focusing on stopping the jets from getting the ball sideways and running sideways all right so with that said i agree with you with the power that's why i want to add in more court zach thomas court uh zach wilson's uh quarterback runs because we have to do something different they're going to practice all week against the plays that 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 we did great on against the buffalo bills we have to come out with something different i agree with you um, especially with 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 an offensive line that's young and that's been banged up. As a running back, I want to run right at the team. So give me some counters, give me some powers, give me some ISOs. The issue with that is that we don't have our true fullback, but you have to mix some things up. You you absolutely have to mix things up. And here's the thing about running the powers and the counters. If you run it and you're good and you're successful at it, the play action that comes off of that is where we're going to get the big play. Yes. So for me, for me is get that power going, like you said, get the inside run game going because that inside run game, that's what's going to, ha- the inside run game is what's going to give our play action fake some type of, 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 of it's going to threaten the defense in some way. So I agree with you. Yes. Run power, run counters. What I don't want and what's not going to work against this team is long developing plays. We cannot have these long developing plays against the Patriots. If you want to be successful in the run game, you either run smash mouth and you run right at them, or you have some quick hitting plays where the back only makes one decision and get as many yards as you possibly can. That's going to get them to focus on the run game. That's when the play action is open. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Speaking of, you know, running backs and focusing on play action. And you had mentioned these linebackers, they don't like running into space. They want to come downhill. They want to get in the trash and and mix inside and stop the run. They're not the best when it comes to getting out into open field and having to cover a bunch of grass and and keep up with some of our running backs that we have. I think this would be another, uh, another counter to what, what you're saying, do something different. And I'm pretty sure this is something I said against the Patriots last time, but I think it still applies. Spread them out. Let's not get so tight in these condensed formations. If you know you're going to throw and you're looking to pick up some yards through the air, let's get wide out a little bit. Let's spread things out. Let's put some receivers a little further. And let's open up some space underneath for Michael Carter to chop up these linebackers. 
uh, if that's going to be the primary focus where if I got a two by two set and I got things spread out on both sides and and there's a lot of room that they're going to have to cover deep, then I'm looking for Carter on the little angle route coming out of the backfield one-on-one against the linebacker. And I think that you can have some, some, some great success that can also function as kind of a quasi run game. If you're picking up some easy yards underneath to the backs, I, I really think that's going to scare Belichick out of staying in his base defenses and, and get him into something different. And so the name of the game is is make with the Patriots. When you play the Patriots, you have to beat their game plan. Otherwise, they will kill you with it for the entirety of the day. And, yes. and Belichick is the type of coach where if it ain't, if it ain't broke, he's not going to fix it. And he has absolutely no problem calling the same defense a hundred times in a row if you have no answers for it. So I think you got to play matchup, look for the weak links in this secondary and this defense as a whole. And I think it's the linebackers in coverage. Let's let Michael Carter get some receptions and run into some space and make some things happen. I'm with you on spreading things out. And, and it goes right back to what I was saying about the design quarterback runs. I think if you spread things out, if things break down, Zach is able to escape the pocket and get down the field. I think there's too many times that when things are tight, there's no pocket for him to really step up into, and he has to run. He, he's running backwards. If you spread things out, that's going to allow, hey, if you're not disciplined in your run lanes, now Zach can step up in there. He can pick up four or five yards, and this is what I'm talking about with the offense being efficient. We just want to continue to move the ball. We want to stay out of third and long situations. We have to stay out of third and long situations because that is when Coach Belichick and that defense, they're going to come with some type of tendency breaker. This cannot be a game where we get so caught up on the things that the the Patriots do from a tendency standpoint that we haven't made the necessary adjustment for whatever their counter is. Whatever it is that they do, you have to be ready for them to do something different. And I agree with you. Spread things out. Let Berrios get the ball in space. Let Carter get the ball in space. Let, let you know, let Garrett get the ball in space. Let Elijah Moore, let all of these guys who are capable to make plays in space get the ball in space. The one thing that I, I hope I do not see a lot of this, Drew, because it's going to be a waste of a body, and I think it's going to put Zach Wilson in a really bad position. There are too many times that whether it's Garrett or if it's Berrios, uh, sometimes it's more where we have these guys do these do this motion where they kind of come across or they come into the backfield and then they're running like a swing route. Yeah, the uh, orbit motion. Yeah, the or it's listen. It is. I'm just telling you, this week is a wasted play. It is a yeah. wasted play, and I think it's going to get Zach into trouble. This is not a game that we can afford. That we can afford to waste timing and spacing on one of our dangerous guys being four or five yards in the backfield and he's just a check down. They're going to force you to throw the check down and they're going to rally to the ball and they're going to take away all of your underneath stuff and they're going to allow the safety to play over the top. Don't get cute this week. That may be one of my biggest points offensively is do not get cute against the Patriots. You do not need to get cute. The last thing we need is to have the offense moving the ball, and then we try to get cute and lose five or ten yards on the play, and then it kills momentum. We do not need to waste a, a, a player. Offensive football, Drew, is a game of timing and spacing. That's what it's about. It's a yep. defensive job to disrupt the timing and the spacing of the offense. The Patriots are the Patriots because they're coached by Bill Belichick. We don't need to help them by doing things like that. Let your weapons get down the field and put pressure on the defense, opposed to having these guys come in motion 
where you're not going to throw them the ball. You're going to allow whatever corner is responsible for that flat to sit back further on any routes that you have. I just see disaster coming if we if if we continue to do that too many times. I have a million, trillion, billion percent agree. They had a play uh, against the Buffalo Bills is exactly what you're talking about, where it was Elijah Moore started in the slot, came across and did that little orbit motion where then he goes into the backfield and then he starts to go out into the flat like he's going to catch a swing pass or something. And he he was a decoy where it wasn't even he's just stopping there as a check down and it's supposed to look like it might be a little bubble screen. But there's no one. There's my problem with that. You're not fooling anyone because, one, you've never thrown a swing pass to Elijah Moore all season. So what is the defense going to think if they see him coming on some little orbit motion? Oh, he's definitely getting the ball when he's never gotten the ball in that scenario whatsoever. And you're taking away a downfield threat. And I think we have the running backs to make to serve as the checkdowns and to handle the underneath. You got to have as many guys out in routes down the field as possible to, to get the Patriots out of their coverage. If you're giving them less guys to cover when you do that, you're, you're making it easier for them, like you're saying. And I completely and totally agree. Not get cute uh, enough with the, you know, not every play needs a, a jet motion attached to it. Not every play needs to have the orbit motion where it looks like Elijah Moore is going to catch a swing pass. And then he's just standing five yards to the left of Zach Wilson, not being covered. And it doesn't matter because he's not even in the read. You, that is how you lose. That is how you beat yourself. And what I'm going to go with this, and I don't know if this is something that can happen. So we're waiting to see how the rest of the week goes. Corey Davis still is not practiced. And according to the Jets, they're hopeful that he should be okay and he should get to practicing and they're hopeful that he'll be able to play this week. And if he does, that's the guy you feed. That's the guy that becomes the, the focal point of your offense. Let Corey Davis do what he's been doing all year and play bully ball and out, out body people. He's winning on routes as well. He's getting open over the middle. He's reliable when he catches it. He's winning down the field. He's locking his tail off. I think if Corey Davis is playing, I think you try and get him the ball in as many ways as you can, and you let him be your bigger possession receiver. You want to get your playmakers in space, absolutely, but sometimes you just got to be the bigger, stronger, tougher team, and let's let Corey get in the seam, like on that cover three buzz or the, the one robber like you're talking about, where it starts as a too high defense, and you're going to have one safety then, if the snap is going to go deep and one safety is going to come down. Well, if it's a three buzz and that safety's coming down, I think it's the, the perfect opportunity where you get Corey Davis and you have him run a little stutter go. You got a safety coming downhill, have him start to turn around like he's going to catch a curl route and then have him turn right back the other way and get right up the field and get in the seam. I think you can get a big play doing that. And I really think that I'm going to echo what you said. Getting cute offensively is a death sentence. You win, you beat the Patriots by being the better, tougher, you know, more physical team, not by out cuting them or drawing up any sort of bubbles or, or designs. You run the ball run with power, run with counters, throw the ball down the field off play action. And I think you can win this game. If you try and get cute, I think it's going to get ugly, not cute. I think that's pretty much the the game plan for, for the offense and having Corey Davis, um, having Corey Davis back is huge for us. Um, but if he's not a hundred percent, I say put him on the shelf because we'll need him later on down the season. I'd rather for him to be yeah. as healthy as possible um, and then Mims, you know, I think Mims, exactly. he, I think he stepped in and done a great job. And when you're in a situation like this, where you have 
you you have one of your big wide receivers who's battling the injury. His backup comes in. When his back end comes in and shows that you don't lose a beat, um, that he's actually, to me, he's been the offensive force. He's out there blocking. I mean, he's just he's mm-hmm. been present presence on the offensive side of the ball. In the situation where we're in right now, I don't think that you absolutely need Corey Davis. I think that he's going to be too valuable down the season. So I think that that if he's a hundred percent and he can go, and we're not risking him reaggravating anything. I say you go ahead and go with Corey Davis. But if there if there's any type of hiccup in his giddy up at all, then you, you put him on a shelf. I think Mims has earned it. I know that coming into the season, I believe he was asking for a trade or something like that. But at the end of the day, he's done nothing but come in and make plays. He's done nothing but come in and do everything that they that they've asked him to do. And so when you have a guy that that does that, that's playing with a chip on his shoulder, who's out there ready to make a play for you you give that wide receiver that's injured an extra week to prepare. Um, so so spread things out. Let's let Zach run the ball. Let's not get cute on the offensive side of the ball. And first and foremost, we have to be ready to handle line stunts and pressure because I think that that's what the Patriots are going to do is, is put a lot of pressure on this offensive line. And on the back end, they're just going to say eliminate the big plays. And when that ball is in the air, Go up and get it. And and the first point that you made, and it comes down to this on the offensive side of the ball, Zach has to take care of the ball. The offense that takes care of the ball this week, who has its field goal kicker, kicks with the better percentage, that is going to be the team that wins the game. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Let's look at the defense. I think this is going to be a much more, I'll say fun for lack of a better word matchup because I really, really like the Jets defensive line right now. I like all the pressure they're putting on Bryce Huff. Once he got his opportunity last, uh, last week against Buffalo, absolutely made the most of his chances Had the game ceiling sack fumble that, that really knocked the bills too far back to do anything and take away the possibility of a tying field goal. Your line right now, your front four is kicking butt. And so it's for me, the game plan is stick with what's working. You don't need to be sending a bunch of extra blitzes. You don't need to be getting exotic or, or trying to, you know, have rushers coming from the slot or have a linebacker coming on a delayed blitz. Trust your front, trust your front four to get it done because so far they have and, and let your back end sit in coverage and make things cloudy for Mac Jones with Mac Jones. He wants to get the ball out quick He's not the type of guy that's going to try and throw into super tight windows. He's going to get to his check down early, you know, and if it's not there, he's going to look to escape up the front of the pocket. So let your front four come down, let them do what they do. Try. And this is the the last thing I'm going to say that I think they struggled with against Mac Jones the first time and something I want to see them do a better job of rush with a plan and know your, your escape angles where rush or what am I trying to say? How do I phrase this? When you're rushing, be aware of gaps that you need to be in control of. And when you have that four-man rush, you don't want guys going too far towards the back of the pocket. When you have your interior and you're trying to get pressure, if you are, you know, Sheldon Rankins isn't going to play this week. So if you're Solomon Thomas who's subbing in, or if you're John Franklin Myers who has to be on the inside, if you know you're not going to win, don't just get yourself out of position. Act as somewhat as a spy in the front of the pocket and take away that ability for Mac to just run up the middle and pick up first downs uh, for free. When your coverage unit does everything they can, you're getting pressure. You got to be able to 
keep contain and you got to be able to know you know at different levels of the pocket have someone there to to keep an eye for the escape i'm just really really worried about the few situations a game when the back end does everything right and you get into a third and seven and you're looking to get off the field and mac jones can just run up the front of the pocket for nine yards because no one's there I, that's that's backbreaking to me yeah i'm with you 100 percent on that and as you were talking I'm sitting here in my notes and I was just writing that down. Don't let Matt Jones hurt you with his feet. We cannot allow that to happen. And I agree with you. When we're rushing, we have to be disciplined in our rush lanes. It's that simple. You have to be disciplined in your rush lanes. And I agree with you. You don't have to bring four and five. Um, for me, my first point is we have to force them to throw the ball. It's, it's that simple. Yes. I think the Patriots are going to try. I think the Patriots are going to come out and try to run the ball down our throat. I, 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 this is my thinking. If I'm in, if if I'm in the mind of the Patriots from from an offensive standpoint, the Jets have eight defensive linemen. Put it this way, they have four defensive linemen. Doesn't matter what the combination is, that can just put pressure on your quarterback for the entire game. And these guys are balls to the wall until that whistle blows. You have a quarterback in Mac Jones who's not the most mobile, but he's capable of escaping, but he will turn the ball over if you hit him enough. Um, with that said, the best way you protect your quarterback and the best way you buy time down the field for your wide receivers to, to get their routes open is you get the run game going and you protect your quarterback with play-action fake. That's how you open up. That's how you can get guys to come be undisciplined in their rush lanes as they're attacking, thinking it's run. Now they're going to the quarterback. Quarterback is able to step up because the running back with the run fake is giving you more security on the interior part of the pocket. All right. So first and foremost, we cannot allow them to run the ball. We have to force them to throw the ball and we have to get them in third and long situations. I would be shocked if the Patriots drop back and try to throw a bunch of deep passes and 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 just allow our four defensive linemen to rush the pocket. With that said, forcing them to throw the ball, meaning we have to stop them from running. And the other thing that you do against a very aggressive defensive front like we have with the Jets and the, the, the defense has to be prepared for this. They absolutely have to be prepared for this. You have to be prepared to stop multiple variations of the screenplay. You have to be able to stop multiple variations of the screenplay, whether it's tight end screens, whether yep. it's fake to the running back one way, throwing it to the fullback on the other way, whether it's slip screen, bubble screens, anything. If you see that the Jets are getting a, a bunch of pressure on, on, on the Patriots and we're stuffing their run game and we're getting pressure on them with their drop back passes without the play action fake, you better bet your bottom dollar. The, the Patriots are going to either go to the screen game when that happens, or they're going to open up with the screen game just to get you thinking about it to slow you down. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's going to be their, their get-out-of-jail-free card. That's going to be their lifeline. If the run game is getting stuffed and if they know they're getting pressure when they drop back, they're going to try and ease off that pressure by throwing some screens. They're going to try and make these defensive ends when they're getting upfield, get too far upfield and slip the tight end behind them. Like you're saying, that's absolutely got to be uh, on the checklist. That's got to be one of the keys defensively. And my last point defensively, because I really think, you know, the I think the Jets defense overall off a talent perspective should do enough to keep this game close and keep the Patriots offense limited. 
But the last thing I'm going to say, and you you alluded to it, they want to run the ball. That's going to be their main game plan. Is going to be get Ramondre Stevenson the ball as much as they can, and when he's getting tired, then they'll give it to Damian Harris and do the same thing. I want to see some more based coverage. I want to see some more base sets. Let Quan Alexander on the field. If you're in, if you have three linebackers on the field, and those three linebackers are C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, and Quan Alexander, I think you're okay. I think you can you can survive in coverage every so often to where your pri- your priority has to be stopping this run game. And as good as Michael Carter II is, he's been absolutely excellent this year. I'm not trying to take away anything from him. We can't expect him to stop the run the same way we can expect Quan Alexander to stop the run. So I think that's first and foremost to the point where I almost want to say sell out for it. Do whatever you can to stop this run game. Just like defensively, if Belichick can get into the same sort of coverage or the same blitz and just call it all game, he'll do that. And if he can get into a 12 or a 13 personnel set, or he gets into one of his 21 or 22 personnel sets and they can run the ball down your throat all game, they'll do that too. I don't know if you remember, there was a game they had against Buffalo last year where they beat the Bills and Mac Jones threw three passes the whole game. Yep. Because Bills couldn't stop the run and the Patriots didn't have to throw. You can't let that happen. You cannot have this be a game where Mac Jones has has eight pass attempts for the whole game and Ramondre Stevenson's got 160 yards at 4.8 a carry. That is how you lose. You will there's you're playing right into the Patriots' hands by letting them sustain drives, kill time off the clock, run the ball, back off that pass rush unit. And then when the Jets offense gets the ball, there's so much time that's going to be down. They're going to be pressing. That's going to lead to Bill Blitzen again, trying to get more pressure on Zach Wilson. And it spirals and it just becomes a snowball. Sell out to stop the run early. And I and I never want to say anything defensively sell out, but I feel like in this game in particular, that is my number one my my first and foremost priority is until they they bomb you over the head with play action and you give up a big play and and you know they really exploit it if they're going to want to run the ball do everything you can defensively to prevent that and if that means playing three linebackers then so be it yeah i'm with you on that i'm with you on that it, it's crazy listening to you talk about stopping them from running the ball it's going to be interesting to see how the patriots what type of personnel they come out with are they going to come out with a you know with a three wide personnel? I mean, three wide receivers and one tight end, or you know, if you're trying to if your game plan for the Patriots is to come out and try to smash the ball and work your play action shots, this could be a situation where we just see the Patriots line up in a lot of too tight. Um, over the history of the Patriots franchise, especially when when since Coach Belichick has been there, if there's one thing that they've shown is that when they have two two tight ends, both who are capable of making plays in the um, in the passing game, which I think that the, the, the Patriots have that. They have it in Henry and they have it in Smith. Don't be surprised if you see a situation where you have two tight ends on the field. Um, and I invite that, to be honest with you. I invite, yep. the two, I invite the two tight ends on the field because now it gives us exactly what you said. You want, uh, you want Alexander on the field? Then yes, that's what's going to get him on the field is that two tight set. It's just going to be interesting to see how how the Patriots come out offensively and do this. I, I just don't think that if it's dropped back, I think it's going to be dropped back and it's going to be quick throws or it's going to be dropped back, identify that we're playing some type of man and take a shot. Um, outside of that, I think the best shot the Patriots have of throwing the ball is to throw the ball off of the play action fake. Um, my last point with the with the defense. Um, 
and this holds for both defense and special teams. And I know we're going to transition into special teams. We have to, because I mean, we do it every week and our, and our special teams unit is well-deserving of the attention that we give them. Um, both defense and special teams, you have to be alert for tricks and fakes. Yep. Have to be alert, especially in a tight game where momentum is kind of going back and forth. You get into like a fourth and three, fourth and four situation where, it, you know, it's it's late in the second half or something like that, or just any time throughout the course of the game, you have to be alert for that. Because I promise you, there is a tendency that the Jets do that the Patriots are going to look to exploit if the situation presents itself. So for defense and special teams, continue to be disciplined in everything that you do, but you have to be ready for fakes and trick plays. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's why for me, this is kind of going to be two points in one. I think this is a game where you play a little more man coverage than maybe you would otherwise. Yes. When you're playing man coverage, it's kind of harder to run those trick trick plays. You're not going to get the situation where you get, you know, a, a pitch to the outside and then it ends up being a double pass and you got someone sneaking up the sideline. Well, if it's man, then someone should be covering that guy up the sideline and man. And you're going to, you know, have a man on everybody at all times and know where everybody is. That'll help prevent that, those trick plays from getting open. And my last point that I wanted to make here, when you get into a third down and you maybe get into a third and long, I'm not saying you got to double them, but key on Jacoby Myers. That yeah. is who wants the Patriots want to get the ball in clutch situations on third down. That's who they're looking to get the ball to. So again, I'm not saying you got to double it, but that's my key. Where I'm, if I'm, that's you know, wherever Myers goes on third down, that's where I'm looking, and that's where I'm expecting the ball, the ball to go. And I think you do that by third down. You put Sauce Gardner on him, and you say, okay, Sauce, that's your man. Wherever he goes, you take him out. If it's third down, you know, expect the ball to be coming your way, and let our best go against their best. I do not want this to be a game where the Jets get into third and eight, third and nine. And three or four times in a drive, like we saw a couple of weeks ago in the first Patriots game, and they're converting these third and longs. And they're doing it by either letting Max scramble out the pocket or they're getting Jacoby Myers isolated on Michael Carter and they're getting the little glance route and they're throwing the quick slant over the middle and they're getting into that. Myers is their guy when it, they need a clutch play. And I feel like with, if you get into those crunch time situations, you've got a key on them. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. I, for me, it's Kendrick Bourne. It's it's Kendrick Bourne for me. That's the guy that I'm more concerned with. I'm not overly concerned with Jacoby Myers. I think that he's a guy that, um, if he's not getting the ball, I, I think that 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 he 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 could possibly. I don't want to say check out, but I think if he's not getting the ball, if you make things difficult for him, um, that he's not the concern for me. The concern for me is Kendrick Bourne. That's the guy that I'm concerned with, um, especially when we're talking about the screenplays to the wide receiver, things of that nature. He's the one that I'm mostly concerned with. We have to be ready for the screen passes to uh, to John New Smith. You know, I think that he's a guy yeah. that they, that's, that's very dangerous from a tight end position once he gets the ball in his hands. Um, all in all, um, and and I think that this is the last thing that I will have to say about it. And I'm going to go to the special teams. Special teams, just do what you do. That that For me, special teams, it's all about just doing what you do. 
man continue to change field position with his leg whenever we can in the return game let's make sure we're shifting position in the return game and under no circumstances should our should our special teams be the reason that we lose this game this game is going to come down to three things drew it's going to come down to three things it's going to come down to which quarterback is able, which team is able to hold on to the ball all right you look uh-huh. up in the past, the team that turned the ball over the most, that's the team that lost the game. All right. The other thing we have to look at is penalties. That we, was the next thing I was going to say. Yep. We cannot, under no circumstances, can we be a team. You Listen, you're playing against the Patriots, and I don't care what the situation is. They're the Patriots. Bill Belichick is the coach. Under no circumstances do you want to help them to beat you. And the way that you help them to beat you is get a bunch of unnecessary and stupid and undisciplined penalties. You cannot get that. Let's say those two things are wash. All right. Let's say they turn the ball over more. We get more penalties. This game is going to come down to this. Which field goal kicker is going to be the best? Because I really do think that where they have this spread at a minus three, I think that it's a good spread because I think that this game is going to come down to which field goal kicker is kicking the best. Yeah, I agree. I completely and totally agree. A special teams unit, they've been playing fantastic so far. Like you said, just keep it up. Just keep doing what you're doing. If This would be a huge game for me where if I'm Braxton Berrios, if, the, if you do not have a perfectly clean you know, lane where you're 100% sure you're going to get a good return, let every kick go in the end zone. Yep. Let every kick go in the end zone. Don't even bother. Because getting starting drives at the 18 or certain drives at the 19 when you could be starting at the 25, it doesn't seem like much, but it matters. And it absolutely is going to matter in this game. Field position is going to be king. And you cannot put yourself in a bad position as an offense. If, you are, if I'm remembering correctly, Lamont, where it was, I believe it was this that Patriots game, the first few drives of the game, I think the Jets' average starting field position was like their own 16 and the Patriots' average starting field position was like their own 40. That's, yes. that, that's a disaster. You cannot let that happen again. So I agree with the special teams. Keep doing what you're doing. If you're Barrios, don't return anything unless you're absolutely sure of it. And start your team with some good field position offensively. Penalties agreed. 100 million percent agreed. You beat yourself when you play the Patriots more often than not. That's That's the problem with the Patriots is that a lot of times teams just end up screwing themselves over and then Belichick is able to sink his fangs in and drain all the blood out of you. You cannot allow them to beat you. You cannot allow them to make it any easier for them to beat you. And penalties is definitely the the best way to do that. I think we got a pretty solid game plan here. I don't think that this is anything that needs to be too complicated. I think you're looking at the two, the talent of both of these rosters. I think the jets are the more talented team. And I think you you trust in your talent and you trust in your ability of your players to do what they do best. Don't try and get cute. Don't try and and be something that you're not. Add in a couple of wrinkles to keep Belichick guessing, but wrinkles that you know you should be good at. Like we're saying, run the ball with Zach Wilson, run some power, run some counters, take your shots downfield. Defensively, play some more man coverage, which you know you're capable of with your back end. You know, I'm... I think that this could very easily be a Jets win if everything goes right, but a couple of things go wrong, and I think it's going to be hard for them to overcome that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, man. 
All right. Well, Lamont, let's close things out here with a little bit of fun. We're about halfway through the season as it stands right now. The Jets just had their bye week, a little past the halfway point. So let's give out some midseason awards. Look at this team overall. You know, who have been the best of the best at any particular units? Uh, we'll start on the offense. If you agree with me, absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and take anything against that. But if you feel like supp uh, supplying your own guy or your own nomination, feel free to do that as well. First and foremost, for me, it's it's hard to pick one player that has been the guy I can say offensively. You are the offensive MVP. You've done so much throughout the entirety of the season because we've had some injuries to some of our best guys, and then we've had some up and down play from others. But I'm gonna. It might be an unconventional pick, and if you asked either of us in the summer, I guarantee neither of us would have said this. But I think the offensive MVP so far has been Corey Davis. I think when you're looking, when you're looking at everything as a whole, he's been the most consistent receiver. He's, I, I think I saw something where it's like 89% of his receptions have either gone for a first down or a touchdown. And he's been a, a killer in the blocking game and not having him these last couple of weeks. It's definitely been felt on this offense. I really wanted to give it to Brees Hall. And because I think if you're looking overall, who's just been the best player at any point at any over part of the season, I think it was Brees, but he just hasn't been, you know, not being here for the rest of the season is going to make it tough for me. And I think Corey, once he does get back, is going to remind everybody why he's so important. So I think, I think it's Corey Davis, but I can understand arguments otherwise. Man, it's crazy. We were thinking just alike on this. Uh, I was going back and forth between Corey Davis and Brees Hall. I think up until this point, I'm going to go with Brees Hall because of the plays that Brees Hall has been able to make, his ability to make people miss. Um, I think that he's been a bright spot in the offense. Um, I just think that just the things that he's done. I'm, yeah, I don't I mean, disagree can, with it. Yeah, I, I think it's, I, I go with Brees Hall, but um, for me, you can't go wrong. It's either Brees Hall or Corey Davis. I got to go with one of those two. There's nobody else on the offensive side of the ball that I can think of. Um, ABT is the only other one I can say. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yes, 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 yes. I, I, I tell you what, that's who I'm giving my offensive MVP to. Yeah, I don't blame I, you for that. I, I, I'm going to go there. Being asked to play multiple positions, um, just with everything that's gone on with the offensive line, I think that when healthy, he's been the one thing that's been that's been consistent. Um, when you see a lot of Brees Hall's runs or or just big plays that are that involve some type of screen or toss, he's the guy that's leading the way. Um, so I'm gonna have to go there with my. Yeah, I like that. Uh, nothing against anything you said. Like I said, I I wanted to say Brees too, and it's just hard, you know, not having him coming back when we're looking for the whole season. But AVT is right there, you know, right there is another one with the ability to play four of the five positions and start games at four of the five positions on the offensive line and play at a high level throughout all of them with at a moment's notice to flip sides, flip positions, do whatever, and not skip a beat and not have a word to say about anything. You know, that's the the leader of your team. That's what your best players are supposed to do. And AVT definitely fits that bill. I have no issues whatsoever with him as a nomination. I think we can let the people decide for themselves between Brees, Corey, and AVT who they want to give it to, but I think they're all good candidates. Defensively, I think this gets tough because I think you have a lot of guys that are worthy, but I don't think I could give this award to anybody but Quinn and Williams. 
I, I, I was about to say, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the the domination of Quinn in this year, the 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 explosion that he's had with how good he's played and consistently from the first week up until now, just been nothing but an ass kicker. Uh, that's he's playing some of the best football in his position in the league right now. There's not many other, if any other interior linemen who have been playing better than Quinnen this year. And he deserves all the praise that he's getting. You can make an argument for DJ Reed. You can make an argument for sauce Gardner. You can probably make an argument for CJ Mosley, but I think it's Quinnen and I think he more than deserves it. <laughs> I was going to say, um, when you sent me the text about doing this, I thought that we would be dead on with everything. I thought that we both would thank Corey Davis and Brees. Um, but I just, I just know for a fact that you and I are going to be a hundred percent in agreement on who the defensive MVP is and the special teams MVP. I'm with you hundred percent on Williams. I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's not even debatable. He is the guy. He's been like, I mean, you, you spoke it, you said everything defensively. He is the guy. Yeah. He's the engine of that defense. That defense goes as he goes. And when in the rare times when Quinnen's not firing at all cylinders, you feel it on the rest of the unit and everyone else sort of plays around him. I completely agree. I think he is the defensive MVP. I think you could give a, a slight honorable mention to sauce Gardner, just being a rookie and playing as well as he has played against some of the competition that he has played against. I think it's pretty dang incredible, but I think Quinnen is the, the MVP when you're looking at it as a whole. And like you said, I don't think there's really an argument special teams. I think we are going to be in the same boat here. Cause I'm going Braden, man. You already I, know. <laughs> yeah. Braden, man, this Superman, as I've nicknamed him, the ability to flip field position, the, the, improvement from him because he really struggled at points last year and he got hurt and then the Jets signed Thomas Morstead for a minute and Morstead came in and Morstead played really well and people were thinking that they were going to keep Morstead and, and not keep man and then man came back and they let Morstead go and man didn't play so well at the end of the year coming back and he had a really rough game week one against the Ravens and since then he's been lights out since then he's been he's been absolutely fantastic and the ability to flip field position is so crucial we talk about it every week Braden man has absolutely played fantastic this year and i'm really excited to see what he does in the future because he's he keeps this up he'll be one of the best punters in the league definitely definitely hands down all right well i think that does it for this week i think we got everything wrapped up uh we got oh wait we got to do bets we got to yeah. do our bets oh dang yeah. i completely and totally forgot we got to do bets Oh, well, Lamont, I'll let you go ahead and start with bets while I center myself and get my pick all sorted then. Well, for me, um, we're going to our betonline.ag. Um, you know, right now they have the Jets at a plus 150 for the win. Um, they have the Jets at a plus three at a plus um, 105. I think that this is a – I mean, listen – Looking at this game, I'm coming out and I'm saying that I think the Jets are going to win this game. I'm scared to bet it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I do think that the Jets will win this game. You said it throughout You said it throughout the show. We're just a more talented team. And when you look at the New England Patriots, if there's any other coach besides Bill Belichick, you're definitely saying that the Jets are going to win this game. 
So for me, I'm going to go with the safe pick. I do think that the Jets will win the game, but I'm going to take the Jets at a plus three at a plus 105. Yeah, I like that. I think the Jets will win too, but like you, I'm not sure I'm 100% confident in betting that. You are going to New England, which is a tough place to play. You're going to have to beat the New England refs while you're there, which is going to be even tougher. So I think the Jets are the more talented team. I think with a plus three that that's definitely a solid bet, but I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a little risky. I got one that's a little out of left field, but I'm actually pretty confident in it. And it's the only thing that I'm really super confident about. And that's why I'm going to go here. Total touchdowns for the game between either side. The over under is currently set at three and a half. I think it'll be more than that. I'm going mm. over three and a half total touchdowns. That's at a minus 160. The under is at a plus 130. Normally, you know me, I don't like to always go for the, the minus odds. I usually like to try and find the big winners and find the big hitters and, and maximize as much as we can. But this game, it's so tough when you got a division opponent. It's so tough when you got teams that just play each other. You got all the, the motivation of being in first place for the Jets and Patriots trying to crawl their way back into the playoff picture and establish themselves and the history and everything else between these two teams. It, it's really hard to find anything that I feel cer super confident about. But I am confident that there'll be at least four touchdowns total. That I can say is I don't think... Uh, whether it's offensively or defensively, whether it's a defensive score or otherwise, both these defenses are good, but I do think that these teams are going to be able, both should be able to move the ball. And I expect more than four touchdowns at least. So put me down over three and a half total touchdowns at a minus 160. Ooh, I like that pick. It's at a minus 160? Minus 160. Hmm. I like that at a plus, but I, I mean, I, I like the pick. I think it's a risky pick um, just because just these defenses and just the Jets offense. You taking that pick, and I actually hope they hit it because if they hit it, I'm saying that the Jets offense scored at least three of those touchdowns. So I'm liking it. I just wish the odds were a lot better, but I like the bet. I agree with you. Um, I, I think that there is a likelihood that there will be four, four touchdowns scored in this game. Um, it's just hard for me right now. I'm just really hoping that this Jets offense, I'm really hoping that they've spent this bye week working out some of their kinks and they're able to really hone in on what they can do. Because if you, if you remember back to the beginning of the season when we were making our wild predictions, we really thought that this Jets offense was going to be a force to be reckoned with. What we found out is that our special teams and our defense is a force to be reckoned with. So with that bet that you made, I'm I'm saying that that bet is being made saying that the Jets offense is going to come out there, put up some points and the Jets are going to win. So I'm going to change my bet, man. Forget it. Let's do yeah. it. I'm going to do, I'm going to, uh, let's do it this way. I want to do it this way. I don't know if I can do a same game where I don't know if they allow you to do this, where you pick a team to win and you take the points. Um, nope, let me just keep it. Let me keep it. I'm going to be smart here. I'm going to keep the Jets at the plus three. I just think the Jets are going to win this game. For me, Drew, it's very simple. Jets win. I'm going to do two bets. I'm going to do two bets, Drew. I'm going to do one bet where I take the Jets at a plus three. And then I'm going to do another bet where I take the Jets at a minus four. I you're splitting the difference. I like that. 
I think you're you got the the possibility of a plus three to be safe. And then if you're confident and you think they're gonna really win, then I think you can hit that minus four as well. The reason I went with the total touchdowns, uh, and it's not to go <clears throat> to go against what you're saying. I agree that I think the Jets offense should be able should be able to to move the ball they did against the Patriots the last time. And I think they should be able to score at least two of those four touchdowns. But you know what I remember? I remember Michael Carter the second getting a pick six and nullified by a penalty. Mm. And I think that there's a possibility of a defensive touchdown mm. where you could be in a situation where the fourth touchdown is a defensive touchdown. The Jets score two, the Patriots score one, and you're looking at Patriots kick two field goals, get to 13, Jets score two touchdowns to get to 14, and you get a defensive touchdown to go along with it. I could see a 21-13 Jets win or you know maybe a 21-17 Jets win or 21-16 Jets win and a defensive touchdown being part of those four. I, I just, whether it's the offense or otherwise, I just think there's going to be at least four touchdowns. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, I'm I with you wholeheartedly on that. And and I'm just going to say it's going to be the Jets. That's the ones <laughs> scoring all the touchdowns. Don't be surprised if this is a game where Mac Jones gets benched. I really think we're going to see both quarterbacks, um, whether it's by Jones getting benched or whether it's by design coming into this game. I just think that our defense is going to play well enough um, that it's going to force the Patriots to 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 play both quarterbacks. Yeah, I think, you know, as simple as I can put it, and this will be the last thing I say before we get out of here. If the Jets stop the run, they win this game. Yes, I think I I really think with the way the offense has been clicking, if Zach Wilson can keep up what he had last week, I think he had a bye week to get, you know, get more comfortable to draw anything, you know, new up. You got all week of practice to do that. I think he's had some time to to reset himself and come back. And what we've seen throughout history is whether it's a bye week or whether it's a break from injury, when Zach Wilson returns from something, he returns and he plays really well. His mm. first year comes back off an injury plays, you know, Took him a, a week against the Texans when he still wasn't quite healthy. And after that, was able to continue and play well the rest of the year. Pittsburgh, first game back against Pittsburgh. He leads them to go in the fourth quarter and, and has arguably some of his best quarter of football, making that drive to go and beat the Steelers. I think this could be another situation where you have a bye week, you come back refreshed, you come back ready to go. Uh, and I really think that this team, if they can stop the run and they don't let Ramondre Stevenson beat them, I think the Jets are going to win the game. I'm with you. I'm with you. And my last point that I'm going to make, Drew, is I'm going to bring up a guy that we are both fans of. You introduced me to him as far as paying attention to him, who I don't think played in the first game against the Patriots. Jermaine Johnson is going to be a huge Yes, factor. sir. He did not play in the last Patriots game, and I think that he's going to be huge um, for what we do defensively to stop that offense. Agreed. Agreed. JJ is an absolute fantastic run stuffer. And I think he's going to be a big part uh, of stopping that Patriots offense. Lamont, that does it for us this week. As always, thank you to everybody for tuning in and listening in. If you're any interested at all and you want to find more about the show or Lamont or I, you can follow the show at B-L-E-A-V underscore in underscore Jets. You can also follow me at Andrew Golden underscore 17, both on Twitter. And you can find Big Dog over there at Coach Jordan 34 on Twitter. Is that your Instagram as well? Uh, Twitter is at Coach, Coach Jordan 34. Instagram is Lamont Jordan underscore 34. 
All right. Well, that does it. Thank you guys again one more time for tuning in. We will be back next week to review Jets at New England, hopefully being first place in the AFC East and hopefully continuing this win streak riding high, heading into the Chicago Bears. What a time would it be not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but could you imagine in two weeks if we're sitting here and the Jets are eight and three? I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to have quite the fun time on the show that time uh, on that day. Thank you one more time for tuning in, and we'll be back real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.